Hello and welcome. Here to Lead is for leaders who are looking for practical insight and hands-on tools and advice on how to unleash the power in their leadership to get things done. I'm your host, Kelly Barkabas. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. We are going to break down another corporate buzzword or phrase that we hear batted around all the time. And that buzzword or phrase is the idea of work-life balance. We're going to take a deep dive into that today, and we're going to get started. Today's episode is called How to Find the Sweet Spot of Work-Life Balance. It's not what you think. We've been convinced that the corporate cliche work-life balance means more pay, less work, more vacation. But is this what people really want or an outdated stereotype? Like most topics we cover on this podcast, we are going to unpack this mysterious and always out of reach idea of work-life balance. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to talk about what it is why we need it, and how we get it. What does it look like in real life? So let's start with what it is. Work-life balance is one of those phrases that can have many different meanings. If you ask people what it means to them, you will get all kinds of different answers because it depends on the context. It depends where you are at in your life, your career, your experience, your age, so many factors. And also, it makes sense to get all these various answers because work-life balance is a very personal thing. It does mean different things to different people at different times in their lives. It is personal. So because of that, we're going to start our deep dive slowly and with the obvious. And we're going to anchor ourselves on the two words, work and life, and what balance means. At its very core, work is a verb that means to be employed. It is also defined as a means of earning one's livelihood and also to have an effect or influence. That makes sense, right? We all know that word and what it means. Life is a noun that means a living being, especially a human being, belonging to the soul. I really like that one. The universal condition of human existence. So when I think about those two words and the definitions, for me, at the end of it all, our work is what we do and our life is who we are. So how do we think about this practically and in the context of our work? After all, market-based pay for a fair workload along with paid time off are the baseline of what today's workforce is expecting. We often think of work-life balance in terms of a scale with opposing forces on either side in a constant battle for this external equilibrium. When actually, it is an inside job that is unique and constantly evolving for each one of us. It occurs when I have what I need to handle the responsibilities to my employer, myself, my home, my people that I surround myself with, and also the things that set my heart on fire. Work-life balance occurs when the essence of who I am aligns with what I do. It is a calm-centered confidence that results when my ability to work and earn coexists with my ability to live and fulfill the passions of my soul. Now that we've defined what it is, why do we need it? This work-life alignment is critical for three reasons. Number one, time is a finite resource for all of us. Regardless of the immortality we pretend to have or the workaholic culture that we feign to love, we have a limited number of hours we can spend working, and so do your teams. 
Time is the only resource we can't get more of. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. We can't steal it. Also, we are natural seekers of balance. Like breathing, we don't think about it until or unless we lose it. Then we are desperate to get it back. We seek balance in our bodies and minds with exercise, yoga, meditation, in our diets. Nature, physics, and even art rely on balance to keep ecosystems alive and produce beautiful things. Thirdly, organizations hire leaders because they need us to get stuff done, right? Our job is to execute strategy, advance change, and drive results. That is the core idea of this Here to Lead podcast. And we can only get that from our teams in a powerful and sustainable way when they get what they need to feel in control of their lives. Our goal as leaders is to find the sweet spot of work-life balance and to help our teams do the same. And remember, the sweet spot is where who they are aligns with what they do. And the truth is, we all want to work, but we also want to enjoy life. We want to work, but our value, self-esteem, and joy come from something else. Work is important, but not at the expense of the rest of our lives, our families, our creativity, or our rest. So now that we've defined what it is and why we need it, how do we get it? How do we achieve this work-life balance? How do we find that sweet spot? And what does it look like in real life? Now, if you ask leaders or the HR department what they think people want for work-life balance, you'll probably hear some common stereotypical answers like, oh, they just want more pay, they want to work less, and they want more time off, and they roll their eyes back in their head, right? Is that really what our teams want? I surveyed a diverse group of employees, all at different places in their careers, different ages, different industries. I asked them to tell me three things they need from their manager or company to feel like they have work-life balance. And I'm going to read you a few of the answers that I received exactly as they're written. I'm not filtering them or changing wording in any way. One answer said, Clear expectations about your job description, not feeling looked down upon for taking time off like you're abandoning your team. Take sick days and personal days when you need to without feeling like you're doing something wrong. Be respected for the years you have spent doing the job faithfully and with a good work ethic. Be confident that your boss or administration has your back. Another said, autonomy, transparency that includes input from others, and schedule flexibility. Positive, supportive, kind work environment with inclusive team. Quality supervision with opportunities to learn and grow. Flexibility with schedule and adequate time off with no expectation to work during time off. Flexible hours that work better with your schedule. Understand that life happens, meaning a death in family and surgery. Don't judge, just understanding of life happening. Remote working or a couple remote days a week, depending on the situation. Clear expectations and communication. That way I can meet the needs and requirements, but also can be held accountable if I fail to meet them. This includes healthy confrontation and communication. Empathy and kindness. The ability to feel like a human and not just be a worker bee. If I'm sick, family stuff happens, weddings, etc., it's comforting to know that I'm not a burden for needing to handle life and that they understand things happen. Goal-oriented or growth mindset. Enough time off. For example, if I only have one week of PTO, I'm going to save it until absolutely necessary. Flexibility. For example, stepping out an hour on Monday, being able to make that time up later in the week and not have to use PTO. Expectation that I'm not available 24-7. 
Another said, freedom, trust, technology that works. So those are just some of the answers. And to me, their answers were unexpected. They were very clear and direct. They surprised me with how fast they answered. They knew the answer right away. There were some major themes. When it comes to time off, they want to be able to take their days off without feeling like they're doing something wrong, abandoning their team, or being a burden. Our teams don't want more PTO. They want judgment-free PTO. Subconscious bias that reflects our own life can exist around what constitutes valid reasons for leaving early or taking a day off. And we've all been in these situations in these departments and companies, right? If we have small children with busy schedules, we're more apt to allow staff to leave early to catch a soccer game, but we can become annoyed when a childless worker wants to leave early to attend a creative writing class or a triathlon training session or whatever it is. We judge their reasons for wanting to leave early. That's why, so, why do you think so many people use the doctor appointment excuse or the somebody died excuse? Because we put judgment around the reasons people need to leave early. The rest of the survey answers centered around a few common themes of flexibility, freedom, trust, and most importantly, a desire for clear expectations and leadership. You know, not those stereotypical answers of just more pay, less work, more vacation. You know, they want judgment-free PTO. They want flexibility, freedom, trust, clear expectations, leadership. So how do we take all this information and and how do we find this sweet spot of work-life balance? There's three things that we can do to find it. Number one, make it personal. In fourth grade, Jeff Jackson was the class rebel and troublemaker. And now looking back... I'm pretty sure our teacher was just exhausted and didn't know what to do with him. So at least once a week, Jeff would break the rules, not listen, intentionally disrupt. My teacher would give warnings, one more time and you're going to ruin recess for the whole class. I guess she thought it would motivate him to behave, but he really didn't care about the rest of the class. And so he didn't listen and recess would be canceled for all of us, even though we didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have many friends as a result, and everybody resented him. So the first way to make it personal is avoid the no recess for anyone approach of managing and motivating people. We're not in fourth grade. Don't allow one person's lack of professionalism or work ethic to negatively impact the whole team. If somebody screws up, don't take away a benefit for everybody. Often we set the same rules for everyone because then we can avoid having a difficult conversation with that one employee who isn't performing or is abusing our policies. It's lazy leadership to send a broad and general email to the whole group laying down the law when only a small number of people really need to be dealt with. Oftentimes it's just one person that generates an email to the whole company or is responsible for getting a benefit taken away. The only thing you're accomplishing is to make your good employees feel bad and your Jeff Jacksons of the world will feel nothing. So the only thing you've done or accomplished is to demotivate your entire team. A one-size-fits-all approach builds resentment and apathy. Instead, create a menu of options. Talk to your team. Have them draft some ideas and present it to you. Find out what they need and be open. Don't be judgmental. Just because you're busy at home with a bunch of kids and a busy family and so you really value that and find that that's the only reason, the justifiable reason to take time off, 
you know, be open to the idea that not everybody lives the same life that you do and that they have different things that are important to them. So be open, find out what they need for work-life balance. It may surprise you. Number two, set your team up for success. Clarify expectations by having an updated and relevant job description that you review together. Let them know exactly what you need from them. They cannot read your mind. You have pet peeves and unspoken expectations about working hours and methods. Tell them. If you have little pet peeves about what time people get to the office or what time they leave or how they communicate or how they come into work or leave from work, tell them. I know as a leader, I have those things that bug me more than others and things that are really important as a leader of a department. So don't assume that everybody knows what you're thinking. Be really clear and tell them. Provide technology and systems that work and ensure access to all the information they need from within your department and throughout the organization. Sometimes we restrict access to ensure that our teams don't embarrass or expose us. We don't want them reaching out to other people. We want everything to filter through us. We don't want them to email other department heads or HR or, God forbid, our boss. And so what happens is if you're busy and they can't get in touch with you, they don't have everything they need to do their job. So trust your team. Trust them. Build a culture of operational excellence by removing barriers, fixing broken processes, and finding solutions. Allow time in your schedule to provide quality supervision. If you can't help the people on your team, find someone who can. And I know you may be wondering, like, what does this have to do with work-life balance? But it was really clear in the people that I spoke to and the answers that I received that not having clear expectations and not having the tools that you needed, it adds stress which impairs their work-life balance. Like they can't find that balance when they're stressed out, don't have all the information. You bring them into a new role and you don't train them properly or adequately. You don't onboard them correctly. Like it just adds stress to your team and they'll never achieve work-life balance in that type of situation. So make it personal, set your team up for success. And finally, be an authentic leader. Open and consistent communication allows employees to feel seen, and heard. Be transparent when you can and honest when you can't. You cannot tell everyone everything all the time. That's actually irresponsible. There will be things that you can't share until a certain time, until it makes sense. And there will be certain things you can't share ever. But that's okay. You can tell your team that. Like, yeah, there are some challenges and projects going on. I'm not at liberty to share them quite yet. Or I'm working on some things that are confidential because they involve privacy of other people or employees employees, so I can't share them, but I'll tell you everything I can. You can tell them when you can't tell them. That's what I mean about being transparent and honest. Your team will understand that. Use curiosity instead of confrontation when you need information from your team. You can do this by asking questions and gathering information instead of making assumptions or judgments. As an authentic leader, accountability is so important. When you fail, be vulnerable enough to admit it. If you model accountability, your team will be more likely to respond positively when you need to address a failure with them. Everyone benefits when you, as the leader, are willing to have hard conversations. It is so important that your team sees you dealing with things that are not aligned with the policies or with the company's mission, vision, and values. Whether it's performance-related, bad customer or vendor behavior, or other toxic cultures that, by your ignoring 
you're allowing to continue. Your team sees all of that. And not only does it demotivate and generate apathy, but it also stresses them out and prevents work-life balance. Finally, provide your team with opportunities for growth with, with experience, education, and exposure. Give them projects and trust them with things they've never done before. Let them get the training. Bring them to meetings. Let them join in on Zoom calls and phone calls. Expose them to other people throughout the organization. At the end of the day, authentic leadership holds people accountable, consistently and clearly communicates, and provides opportunity for growth and movement. So to wrap this up, here are the headlines from everything we just talked about. The sweet spot of work-life balance is when who I am aligns with what I do. It's an inside job. Balanced employees have the equilibrium and calm state of mind needed to achieve, be successful in their role, as well as an engaged team member. One size does not fit all. Managing individuals with a group mentality builds resentment and apathy. Take the time to lead. If you provide the support, tools, and clarity that your team needs, they will have a better chance at success, which drives your success as a leader and ultimately throughout your organization. If we can make work-life balance personal, set our teams up for success, and authentically lead them, they will find the equilibrium and calm state of mind needed to fully engage in all aspects of who they are and what they do. That's the sweet spot, and it will change everything. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate your time. You can go to kellybargabas.com for past episodes. You can also find them on any major podcast platform, so please like, share, review. You can find my book, Here to Lead, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll talk soon.